I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. You, you, it's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can bow like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Shooters, welcome in to another episode. We're so excited. We have Tony Rowe with us to talk AAU. Well, we're going to get into that and see a little bit on, on how the first two open periods went in the AAU circuit and some of the guys that uh, are starting to put together a nice a nice offseason here and, and start to show some things on the court. But before we get into it, Adam, these NBA playoffs, man. Is, so we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, I got the Suns Nuggets on right now. It is a one-point Suns lead uh, currently. We'll see how that shakes out. By the time you guys hear this on Tuesday, you'll know. But um, and the Lakers. So let's let's start with the Lakers uh, going from needing the playing game, overtime, and a fourth quarter come from behind win to be able to beat the Timberwolves to even get into the playoffs. Now, I mean, what they're showing us. Right now, I mean, do, could they win the West? Adam, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I don't think it's a popular answer, but I think they can. You know, they've been playing this well. And, you know, to be honest, LeBron hasn't hasn't been playing that great the last couple of games. So um, I think as long as AD stays healthy and uh, continues to play like he has been, um, they got a legitimate shot to, you know, at the very least make conference finals and potentially even make the make the NBA finals. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been impressive. They look good. Uh, they look good last night in uh, in that win to go up two one on Golden State. And you know, Golden State's been playing well, and it's definitely been a chess match. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I would imagine that it'll be the Nuggets coming out in this series. Uh, just too tough, too many weapons. I mean, it's either either Booker and KD score sixty five, or it's yeah, maybe more than that. They got to score about. 70 to have a chance um uh to be able to make things work for them on this one but uh and then in the eastern conference from when, when watching the games in the west and then you flip over and watch those uh games in the east it is it's completely different basketball like it's unbelievable watching boston and the iso that's is the sixers and it's interesting but jimmy butler he's kind of got them he he's 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 kind of being the east version of lebron over there just taking this team and Put him on his back. Love Jimmy Butler. Uh, love watching him play. Um, just, you know, super intense, super into it at all times, which is obviously, obviously good as an NBA player. But, you know, I, I, I wouldn't sleep on the Knicks. I like what they got going. They have a, obviously a tough road ahead with, you know, number one, the, the, the heat, they obviously had to win that series. And then whoever comes out of the Boston and Philly series, but um, 
think they can score. They got a, you know, a Jalen Brunson um, experienced, you know, a calm, calm type of demeanor, calm leader. Um, you know, I think he gets them going and obviously he can score too, but you know, I think Julius Randall has to, has to be, has to be healthy, has to score the basketball, you know, for them to win. But I like the way the Knicks play. I like the, what the Knicks have as far as a team goes. And uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sleeping on them either. Hibbs over there making some adjustments, uh, doing some nice things, putting those guys in a situation. Um, you gotta be excited because basketball is better when the Knicks are good. I will say that the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. There's just something fun about it. You have the Knicks over there, uh, West coast, you have obviously the Lakers and the Warriors being good. And so it's, uh, it's been fun. These, these playoffs have been a lot of fun. It'll be anxious to see kind of how these things, as we start to move closer and closer to the conference finals, what shakes out, um, should be fun. Should be, should be a lot of fun. And so, all right, look at that then. We got to move into the this AAU season. Just came off of two live periods. So that means a lot of teams out taking advantage of this opportunity to get in front of coaches, uh, college coaches, and have an opportunity to play, which also means there's a lot of talent out there at these tournaments. And so these kids are, are pushing themselves and, and challenging each other and, and running into some really good matchups. And so Live periods are over now until I believe end of June is when those will come back. It doesn't mean the basketball stops. It just means that you kind of pick and choose maybe a little bit more as far as what you're, where you're going and what weekends you take off and how the schedule all kind of fits in. And so we brought, as we mentioned, Tony on to kind of go through some of this with us because he's the one out on the trail that's paying attention, that's getting all the tape sent to him, that he's supposed to find some time to take a look at and break down some of the players uh, we'll note, too, he actually just released on um, Prep Hoops the new rankings for the class of 2024. And when this one comes out, it'll be this week, the uh, 2025 class uh, rankings will be coming out. So I'll jump over to Prep Hoops to be able to check those out and see where everything's at. And so, Tony, let's uh, let's jump into this. I talked a little bit off air, but uh, and we don't fully understand this. But uh, let's talk a little bit about these circuits. There, it seems like there's about as many circuits as there are club teams in Iowa now. But uh, what can you tell us a little bit as far as a few of the circuits that uh, maybe some of the more well-known teams in our state are partaking in? Uh, starting with uh, Kingdom Hoops, they're playing in the newly created EYCL. Um, people are probably very familiar with the EYBL, which is Nike's circuit, and it's the, the premier circuit um in the grassroots scene um so nike created this eycl and teams will have a chance to play their way up into the eybl um and if if kingdom who's off to a great start especially at the 17 u level in in this circuit if they're able to work their way up into the eybl that's a huge um, financial boost for their program um, great exposure for for iowa basketball as a whole um, I, I don't think uh, an Iowa team has played on the EYBL since the attack team that had uh, Marcus Page on it probably over a decade ago now. So, so that'd be huge if, if Kingdom's able to, to keep playing really well and get up into the, into the premier Nike circuit. Um, Martin Brothers is playing on the Under Armour circuit and has been very successful there as well um, across all three high school age groups. As far as I know, Under Armour has just one level. So Martin Brothers is playing in in the elite level of, of the Under Armour circuit. Um, and then the Barnstormers uh, and Mavericks and a couple other teams are playing on a newly created circuit. Um, 
it's the the New Balance circuit now from Next Pro Hoops, which is a, a new company that's kind of rivaling Prep Hoops. Um, but so they've got a chance to to win a New Balance sponsorship if they're able to to win that league. Um, and then you've got other teams like Attack is playing on Recruit Look, which is another another website and service similar to what Prep Hoops provides. Um, so there's the top teams, unfortunately, aren't all on one circuit. So it's not just an easy stop for me, go, go to a gym and see everybody in one place. But, but the, the top teams around the state are all getting great exposure and, and getting a lot of good competition at all these different circuits that they're competing in. Hey, let me ask you this, Tony, real quick. Sorry, I didn't interrupt there, Brian, but what's the, uh, what is the draw to those? I mean, you mentioned some of the financial aspect. Is that the main draw to being on some of those circuits? Like, why why is Martin Brothers on Under Armour? Why are you know? I mean, with with I mean, New Balance. Is there one or two main reasons why they would choose or be on those circuits compared to others? Yeah, there's there's certainly financial implications. Um, you know, if you if you win one of these circuits, or if you even in some of them, if you finish in like the top four or something, you end up getting sponsorship deals from these big shoe companies, which comes with free gear and free travel and all of that type of stuff. And then obviously on these on these bigger circuits like the UIBL, Under Armour, Adidas, Three Stripes, um, the that's where the college coaches will all flock to. So if you do have have rosters that have Division One players on them that's where you want to be because that's where all the coaches are going to be at. I mean, it, it makes sense as far as like why they do these. And as you mentioned, you can tell that it's, it's apparel companies that are hooked into this and trying to get these kids as early as they can, get them, get them hooked in and, and, and part of the program already. And then, like you said, just give them more opportunities to showcase their abilities, but it does make it hard from like your standpoint and from any media and, and recruiting specifically, maybe not at the division one level, because you could be going all over the place just to catch the kids in Iowa that you want to see. Like if you wanted to, if you're a D three coach and you're trying to catch some of these guys and you have one kid that playing on this team and this circuit, it's, it's hard because there's never like one big tournament in Iowa where you can just go and, and, and spend the weekend and catch everybody. So that, uh, it does make it uh, does make it tough, but it's and it also makes it tough. It feels like for us, and a little bit of why I wanted you to touch on it is trying to understand where these are at. And there's obviously different divisions and different levels too throughout, you know. And as you mentioned, the different grades uh, of players as they move up, where you know you, you're looking at the sixth, seventh, eighth grade levels. You know, some of them are starting to kind of tear into some of that, but a lot of them are not. And so it's it's definitely interesting. It's its own beast. I mean, we could do a full pod on just the structure of AAU basketball and what it's, what it's come to. But uh, we want to start talking a little bit more about these kids. Uh, you talked about that Kingdom team and, and the way they're playing. Um, what have you seen so far from them? And then maybe who are some of, you know, the, the, the headliners that are, are playing on that 17U Kingdom team? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Kingdom's been super successful on that UICL. Um, just before we jump into that, I would, there's been all of these Iowa teams have been super, super successful on every circuit that they've been playing in. And I think it's a it's a testament to how the talent around the state has improved over the last decade or so. But I think it's also a testament to the to the coaching that these kids are getting at the AAU level around the state. 
if you go to other states and watch AAU teams play, it's a lot of ISO ball. It's a lot of hero ball. If I pass it, I'm just going to stand there and wait until I get it back. Whereas with these Iowa teams, they all play the right way. You know, they pass, cut, screen off the ball, rotate on defense. It's a lot of stuff that you that is very rarely seen in AAU. So it's it's refreshing to watch these Iowa teams play out on the circuit. Uh, for the for the Kingdom 17s, Travari Cable from Des Moines Lincoln has had a really good start. He's a, he's always been a high volume scorer for Lincoln, um, who hasn't always been the most efficient kid, but he's he's certainly improved his efficiency um, playing playing with Kingdom this year. Really really good ball handler who's who's cat quick and can just get to the rim basically whenever he wants. Uh, Grant Tigges from Waukee Northwest has had a he had a huge state tournament week and has continued that strong play in the spring. Uh, and then unsigned senior Lucas Leth from Ames is is picking up where he left off too. He's kind of been the, the defensive anchor there for Kingdom um, and trying to play his way into a scholarship somewhere. Yeah, the Tigas kid was one that uh, had seen him play a couple of times during the year, but didn't stick out until he got to the state tournament. And he had a couple really big games there. And so it's that's awesome to see him take that momentum with him into the off season and into the, the spring and summer. And um, yeah, so the, the kid from Ames hasn't, hasn't signed yet. Do you know what, uh, what's level of interest? Is that something where, you know, he's going to just kind of see how, see how the spring goes and then make a decision or it's Juco on the table. What's he kind of, where's he leaning? So Lucas is a super high academic kid. I think there's a chance that he ends up just going out Ivy league somewhere and, and playing, but there's, I, I think Juco is also on the table from what I've heard. Um, if you look at him and watch him play and just look at his physical attributes, I think he could go play at a summit league or maybe even a lower end Missouri Valley um, with a, with a year of Juco playing and just kind of ironing out his offensive game. So it, uh, it kind of depends on what he wants at the next level. Does he want the, the high academics and and maybe playing a little bit at an Ivy or a high high academic D2 or D3? Or do you want to go to a to a JUCO for a year and see what comes out of it? That's interesting. I wonder if prep school is on the radar too, if that's anything that he's considered or not. That could be a big option too. A ton of high academic prep schools out on the East Coast that could get him in the door too. So Yeah, that's interesting. The Murray, the Murray twins went to IMG. Is that where they went to uh, down in Florida? DME down in Florida. Yeah. Okay, it was down in Florida. Okay, yeah, it's uh, it was it was one of those things that felt like it burst on the scene there, and maybe just because it's not as relevant, we don't have as many kids that haven't heard as much about the prep school route uh, recently, but. Uh, it is interesting. It is an interesting option for these kids to be able to go and get another year and still have uh, the four years of eligibility. And, and ultimately, it just kind of depends on what the goal and uh, what the dream is. If, he, if he's a high academic kid, too, you might uh, might take advantage of his ability to play on the court and uh, focus on focus on the next chapter while he's doing it. So that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, who else have you seen that you've liked that uh, has kind of jumped out, had some success so far early this spring? So there's a trio of kids from Liberty uh, that have that have had huge starts to the spring. Um, Gage Campman is a six eight kid who's playing with the Barnstormers. He he was previous or before this spring. He was basically just a rim runner, shot blocker, 
Um, but he's really showed some improved offensive skills uh, in the spring. You know, a lot of young bigs, um, when they when they get the ball, um, look a little bit robotic and like trying to think about what they need to do when they touch the ball. And he's kind of he's kind of coming out of that now and becoming a bit more fluid. Um, and I know that I've I was watching him play with a couple high level D two coaches who were who were very interested in in hopefully getting him. None of or neither of them thought that they would be able to let land him because they think he's a, a low to mid major player. But with the way that the the transfer portal has kind of impacted high school recruiting right now, who knows what's going to happen? And then uh, Trey Hughes is a Liberty teammate who's playing on that Barnstormers team, six uh, two shooter who's probably emerged as one of the best shooters in the state. Um, he's a kid who moves really well without the ball in his hands and and has a really quick release, um, unlimited range. And then a kid named Cooper Webb, who didn't see a whole lot of time for Liberty last year, but it's playing with the Mavs and is a really intriguing kid. Um, six, 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 seven with probably a six, nine or six, 10 wingspan, um, has a lot of tools and is just kind of starting to put it together now. Good, good catch and shoot provides a little bit of defensive versatility. Um, and he's, he's certainly improving as a, as a playmaker and ball handler. So he's had a really good start to the spring for the Mavs. That's interesting. Yeah. That, uh, and the Mavs they're on the new balance circuit, right? So that's okay. Yep. I was gonna say, I haven't seen as much, um, floating around as far as with them. Um, where have they been, where have they, where'd they go for their two life periods, you know? So they were in St. Louis last weekend. And Wichita the weekend before that, I believe. Gotcha. I saw them playing in the Quad Cities in a in a non-live period, but they yeah. were impressive. Yeah, that's good. And then um, so the Martin Brothers, um, I believe they went, so they were out in Arizona, at least we're both teams, I think both because they have a how's it go? 15U and then a 17U. Is that 15, what they 16, 17. They and they do have a 16. Okay. Um, they were out in Arizona and then it, were they in, I think, uh, Adam, was it Carolina? They were out in Carolina, I think. Yeah. We, the think week so. after that. Carolina. Um, yeah. And so what have you seen from any of the Martin brothers programs so far? Yeah. Martin brothers, 16 U team, um, which has kids like uh, Davis Kern from Linmar, uh, Trey McCowan from Kennedy. Um, their, their 16 U team has been outstanding so far this year. Um, they're, they're one of the top teams in the Under Armour circuit. Um, and they just, just won Spice Run and Slam, which is one of the best non-live period events of the year. You get a lot of EYBL teams there, a lot of Adidas teams there. Uh, so they just, they just won the top level of Spice this weekend. So that's a big time accomplishment for those kids. Davis Kern, if he was in any other class he might be the top player in the state but with two nationally ranked players ahead of him and jack mccaffrey and curtis stinson he's slotted in at number three but that's certainly not a knock on him he's just been a beast so far this spring um mccowan's been really really good uh and they, they've just got a bunch of really talented long kids who play the game the right way martin brothers 17 new teams led by matt knoll um, tom's guy from Helan who I just moved Noel actually up to number two in the 2024 class. Um, he was dominant at the state tournament in March. He has continued that so far this spring, kind of showing that he can score from basically anywhere. 
defend multiple positions. Um, if, if anybody's going to push Caden Wilkins from Bendorf out of that top spot in the class, it'll be Matt Knoll. Yeah, that's interesting. So Noel and Noel's on, you said he's on the 17U Martin Brothers, correct? Correct. Yep. Looking back at that 16U Martin Brothers team, I know we talked a little bit about our off-air. So the Helmers kid um, from Algona is on there. And then is the kid, the big kid from Clear Lake, does he play on that? Thomas Meyer. Yep. Um, Jalen Kirkpatrick from Grundy Center is a big time player for them. Okay. Yeah. They've, it's certainly the best. Yeah, it's the best 16U team in the state, and I don't think it's particularly close. And so when you look at these, you mentioned them winning, and then obviously everyone's kind of playing for, uh, you know, a, a seating or a finish. Do they have, is that something like, maybe this is a dumb question, but can you go on to like the Under Armour circuit and look to see where teams are ranked? Yeah, they, they should have that on their circuit website. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, that'd be interesting to kind of keep, especially when you have teams like that that are, you know, going out and competing and winning um, each and every weekend to kind of keep an eye on where they rank and and how they do that. You mentioned the um, Wilkins kid from Bendorf. What team is he playing for? So he's on the Barnstormers 17U team. Um, he he kind of cemented his spot at number one with his play um, early this spring. 6'6", six, six, big time three-level scorer who can just take over games in the blink of an eye and drop 25 on you. He's a, he makes it look almost too easy at times. Who's who's with him on that Barnstormers team? So um, Kavon Phillips from North Scott's probably their second best player. Um, Gage Campman, Trey Hughes from Liberty, Jeremy Lynn Gardner from Davenport West. It's a, it's a quad city heavy team. Looking at third, the kid from Cedar Falls. What's it, Corbett? Corbett? Hank Corbett, yep. yeah. He's, he's who's he played for? Uh, Martin Brothers. So he's with Noel on that 17U Martin Brothers team. Ooh. That's it. Yeah. And that, yeah, that wow. team. And then um, who's Reddick playing for? Martin Brothers as well. And Owen Larson. Jeez. So. Jeez. So those, all those, those three are all on that 17U Martin Brothers team. That's, uh, yeah, that's interesting to be able to watch. So then, so 17U, so the 16U team, man, so both the 16 and the 17U team, has the 17U team just faced tougher competition in national play? Or where are they at as far as, you know, obviously 16U is winning a lot. I mean, that 17U team is loaded too. Uh, what is what does their record look like already here early spring? Yeah, they they've played really well too. They're they're well above 500 in their in their league play on the circuit. Um, I don't think they've won any of the tournaments like the 16U team has, but they're they're certainly holding their own against some very stiff competition. They got uh, they're pretty. Both those teams, that program moving in the right directions, that's for sure. And then the uh, Earl kid, the cream Earl from uh, Iowa City West, where's he at? He's also with the Barnstormers. So he's with the Barnstormers. Yeah. And the Barnstormers, refresh my memory, they're, they're with the league a circuit we don't want to talk about. Is that correct? Or what circuit are they in? <laughs> that's correct. Yep. The right. <laughs> and then um, is, the, is the McCaffrey kid, is he playing with the team out of Minnesota? Yep. So Jack's playing with D1 Minnesota. Um, Kiki Dang and Zay Robinson from Valley are also on that uh, D1 16U team. Jake Sullivan, who used to play at Iowa State, his his kid JJ is one of the top players on that team with with Jack and Zay and Kiki. So they've got a really good team. They play on the uh, Adidas circuit. There you go. We you know you brought that one up, but that the okay. So they're playing on the Adidas circuit. Yeah, Jake's still down here though, quite a bit. Is that just like because I know he does some prep hoop stuff for you guys too yeah um, right a but a lot of our events 
Yeah. So he must obviously still obviously have some of the connections through the time at Kingdom and doing all that stuff. Because, yeah, I still run into him quite a bit. It sounds like sounds like his little guy can flame, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's probably one of the best shooters in the Midwest. Uh, got that from Pops. Yeah, I guess. Does he have Does he have his dad's calf muscles too? I don't know if you've ever seen Jake's calves, but they're about the size of my head. Uh, not quite yet. JJ is JJ's a pretty thin kid. Uh, he's starting to fill out a little bit though. Yeah, he gets he gets always get a little get a little spring get a little spring going too. That's for sure. Well, good. Um, moving through, what uh, who haven't we touched on? Who's somebody that uh, we haven't talked about yet? Some teams that you've seen that you kind of like, or maybe keep an eye on. I always like the. I always like some some sleeper some sleeper picks, or you got some some people that maybe some stock that's starting to go up that we didn't know as much about back in March that uh, better pay attention to in October. Quad City Shockers sixteen U team in particular has been really really good on the on that New Balance circuit. I think they're 10 and two in league play um, quad city area team, obviously um, Kalen Shadrick who played at Davenport West, but has transferred over to assumption is their best player. Uh, he's one of the top players in the state in the 2025 class, six, three kid who, who likes to play bully ball, really good passer, really good court vision. Um, and the surprise kid for that team this year has been um, Kavion Hodges from Muscatine, 6'1", super, super athletic kid, loves to loves to throw it down in transition. So on occasion, he'll, he'll leak out, but has been a really solid all-around player for them. He gets a little bit overshadowed by uh, Luke Wieskamp at Muscatine, Joe's younger brother, uh, who plays with attack, which has been super successful as well this year. But, but Kavion Hodges has been a, a name that I did not know much about, but who has certainly caught my eye early this spring. Uh, that's interesting. You brought up another one too that I wanted to talk about. I still have a, I'm still having a tough time over here just thinking about a New Balance, um, New Balance circuit. It, I just, I are they just out for a walk in their, uh, we'll have, in their New uh, Balances here or what are we? <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a Reebok circuit next year, I'm sure. Jeez, I just I, I get it. I know New Balance is on its way back. I guess I didn't know. I don't know, but it's just crazy to think about New Balance and, and basketball in the same same breath. But uh, so so you said Luke, that was one of the other names too that I wanted to talk about. So Wee's Camp is playing for Attack. What about Attack? What does what does Attack have going? What does their spring look like so far for them? Yeah, I haven't had a chance to see Attack play yet. I'm hoping to sometime this month. Um, hopefully at Kings of the Court, which is actually in Des Moines, a couple weekends from now. Um, but they're 15 U team, I think, is undefeated so far this year. Okay. Um, so looking forward to seeing them. Their 16 U team has been really successful on the re- recruit look circuit as well. Um, so looking forward to getting a look at those guys here in the next couple of weeks. Hey, so that Muscatine team, because then they have they've got a kid um, coming in too, right? That's supposed to be pretty good. Like what? I mean, we haven't since since uh, Joe. Joe carried him to a first round exit, I believe, at state. Are we going to see uh, we see Muscatine back in the mix here? Or what's the deal? Well, we might see some improvement from Muscatine this year. Yeah, I don't think they'll quite get back to the to the Joe level, but maybe by maybe by Luke's senior year they'll they'll be back up there. So he's is heading it, into his junior year next year. And is it the Becker? Is there a Becker kid? Is it? Yeah. Is that what? Talon, 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 yeah. Talon Becker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought I saw him somewhere on the list too. That uh, 
Um, it obviously takes a little bit more than two to be able to compete at that level, but uh, it, it, it definitely it definitely helps. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about, I know that we're early in the process and trying to, and we talked about the, the logistical challenges that are for you and getting out, but, you know, people like yourself getting out to be able to go and, and watch these players evaluate, you know, come up with your rankings. What is, what does a weekend or what does a tournament look like for you? Um, is it something that you're, you get a list of names and you evaluate all the guys on the court? Are you specifically targeting matchups beforehand or, or what does it kind of look like for you when you show up to a tournament or a weekend? Yeah. So in the schedule schedules for the tournaments usually come out on Monday or Tuesday. So first things first, I'll find any Iowa versus Iowa matchups at the tournament. I'm going to go to just to make it easier on myself. Um, if it's a, but then I'm, when during the game, if it's a, a team that I'm super familiar with all their players, like the Barnstormer 17U team, I'll just watch that game like I would any normal high school game. But if it's a like the Quad City Shockers, who I saw play for the first time a couple of weeks ago, I was not familiar with very many of their players. So what I like to do is take 10 or 12 straight possessions where I'm eyeing in just on one kid on both ends of the floor. I want to see, are you moving after you've passed the ball? Are you talking on defense? What do you, like, can you handle the ball? Can you shoot? I don't care what the other nine players on the floor are doing for those 10 to 12 possessions. I just want to see what you can do on both ends of the floor. So that's, that's kind of the way that I go about things. I don't think every scout does that, but it just, I think it helps me get a better grasp of what you're capable of doing um, in an all around game. If I'm able to just eye in on one player and focus, focus for that length of time. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. That's a good way to kind of look at it too, because there are so many things that go into the game and so much that's happening at uh, the same time that it can be difficult to focus just on one. And so then How's it work? So after, you know, you focus in, you get your 10, 12 possessions, are you jotting notes down this, this whole time? Or do you kind of catch up the half or the quarter and be like, okay, here we go. Let's get all this typed in. Or what does that kind of look like just from a process behind the curtains a little bit for you? Yeah, I've, I'm old school. I've just got my notebook <laughs> writing down as, as I see things. I've kind of developed a little bit of a shorthand that I would probably only me would understand, but it's, yeah, I, I like to keep the, the pen and paper notes. That's awesome. And then is it something, let me, <laughs> and so where, where are you posting up at? Because you can't be, you can't be too close to the, the rowdy parents. You can't be the, near the parents that know you, that want to talk your ear off. You got to be able to have an advantage and to be able to see everything and every possession and what's going on. So, so how does Tony Rowe pick his seat when he walks into one of these places? Well, if it's a if it's an Iowa versus some some other state, I sit with the parents from the other state because I don't care what they're saying. <laughs> uh, if it's an Iowa versus Iowa, I try to kind of grab a spot on the baseline where I'm kind of away from everybody and can just kind of be to myself. Uh, there's been some times too where I've thrown my earpods in to kind of drown out the noise and <laughs> and I don't want to sound standoffish to other parents, but I'm I'm just trying to to do my job when I'm there. So leave me alone. Right. Exactly. Oh, and then if someone <laughs> someone comes over, you can always give them the oh, I'm I'm talking. You know, yep. give them that, I'm give them that. I'm on the phone. <laughs> look. Uh, 
somebody wants to try to say something to you. So no, that's good. And then um, from an opportunity for these kids, what, what do you think some of the takeaways as far as like what the coaches are looking for? What do you kind of see and kind of talking about or even having coaches that follow up with you after the tournament and kind of wondering how things are going? What is what is something that you think that the, the coaches are kind of looking for in these summer events? Yeah, so some of it's stuff that I've already mentioned, you know, moving off the ball, rotating on defense, boxing out, just the simple stuff like that. Um, if if you're aspiring to play college basketball, everybody knows that you can score. But are you able to do the other stuff that will actually get you minutes in a college game? Um, so that's the stuff that's actually like on the floor. But then there's body language, taking coaching. Um, I was I was watching a game with the D2 coach a couple of weeks ago. He completely crossed a kid off of his list based on when the kid went to the bench. Coach was trying to talk to him, completely ignored him. He said, nope, not going to deal with that kid. Crossed him off his list. It's, it's just simple stuff that, that kids don't pay attention to or don't think about. But every little movement that you are making is making an impact in the eyes of those college coaches. Yeah, well, it does. It, it, it makes a huge difference, too, um, depending on the level, too, and where you're at. I mean, your talent can only take you so far. And some people's leash on some of that stuff is a little bit longer than others. They'll put up with a little bit more than some other people. Uh, but a majority of them just don't have time for that. It's just something where if you aren't going to show, as we talked about the talent and the depth of talent and the number of kids out there who can play the game, it's just so deep and so wide now that it's like, if you, you aren't going to do those things, we'll just grab the next one, um, the way things are moving through. And so that's definitely, definitely a good thing to keep in mind for the, for the youngsters as they're out there playing. Let me ask you this question, too, because Adam and I talk a lot about it on the pod when choosing a school. But I think it's also in today's world when with the club basketball and so many options out there. How big is it, do you think, for you, for these kids to choose the right fit in a program in which that they are going to devote so much time and money and energy into doing um, to make sure that you find the program that fits you? Because, you know, you can go and you can be the eighth or ninth kid on on a top team or maybe you take a step back and show that you can go and you can lead a team and you know got to play really well in the opportunities that you get and so you see a lot of this is that something that uh, you know you've seen obviously you've seen players that are probably like geez he should be playing up and then probably geez he should be playing a different get some more run get some opportunity to get better what's a little bit of your takeaway as far as kind of choosing the right fit and the right level yeah choosing choosing the right program is is huge um not just for your development, but for getting in front of the right people. If you're a if you're a kid who's going to play realistically play NAIA level basketball, there's no need for you to play on a team that's playing on one of these high level circuits. You're not going to be in front of the right coaches. Um, so I think finding the right program that's going to play in the right tournaments to get you in front of the appropriate coaches is is the most important thing for kids to keep in mind like the allure of a of a shoe circuit program is is certainly huge but if if kids or if coaches who aren't interested in recruiting you are the ones watching you what good is it really doing you right well, on top of it, too, I mean, the whole goal of this is obviously to get better, is player development. And that's something, too, where if you're not 
you know, you're a fish out of the water. Like the kids are just, you know, too strong, too quick, too athletic, and you're not going to have the opportunity to even work on your shot because you can't create a shot. Um, you know, you're, it's a detriment to your ability too. And so finding where ways in which that you can get the touches and get the reps and find ways to get better, um, you know, because ultimately if you're good enough, if you can play, these, these guys are still going to find you at the high school level. Go and do what you need to do to be able to um, get better to play on your high school team. Um, you're still getting scouted. You're still getting recruited all throughout the year. Uh, and so it is huge. It is huge to be able to find the fit um, that fits your level too. But then I, I, there's so many personalities, and this <laughs> might be for a whole nother pod too, but there's so many personalities and so many great coaches and so many different philosophies out there too it's finding one that makes sense for you. And that's maybe teaching the style that maybe means the best for your growth um, individually. And then for your fit for your high school team too, but it's, you got to find the guys that you feel comfortable with because you're spending a lot of time with and the guys that you trust that are going to make you better and, you know, give you the proper information. Yep. Yep. Couldn't say better. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, it's an interesting beast, the AAU circuit and what it's got to, but uh, there are a lot of positives and a lot of good things that come from it. And uh, like I said, as long as these kids are, are continuing to get better and continue to have these opportunities, it's definitely worth it. And so, so what's next? What uh, I think I talked about a little bit earlier, next live period's not till end of June. Um, things will ramp back up there a little bit end of June, but uh What's next for you? What do you see coming here um, on the circuits? And what are you looking forward to for the remainder of the summer here? Yeah, next couple things for me. I'll, I'll be up in Minneapolis next weekend for uh, the Prep Hoops tournament battle at the Lakes. Um, handful of Iowa teams up there, but also going up there to just cover teams from a bunch of other states, you know, company man. Um, following, following weekend, I'll be in Des Moines for Kings of the Court, which is always a uh, event that has quite a few Iowa teams. Uh, Martin Brothers will be there. Kingdom, I believe, Attack will be there. So, be a good opportunity to see some Iowa teams that generally are playing out of state. Um, in June, I'll be down in Winterset for their shootout. Um, Josh always puts together a good event down there. Um, and the, that weekend is actually the next live period. So June 16th through the 18th, um, there's camps around the country. So uh, teams will be down in Kansas City. Uh, for, it's called the Division One Showcase. So schools from around the Midwest will be down in Kansas City um, with an opportunity to play in front of Division One coaches. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of my next couple months that uh, team camp at Winterset is awesome. He, he, he mentioned he did, does a great job down there. Have three courts running. You just get a lot of games. Thought see a lot of players in. But uh, I didn't know that. So that's a that's back to a live period. Then again, too, huh? That's going to be a little tough to be able to have everybody there. It's going to be a pick and choose. Can feel like a pick them. You're going to either be there on Friday, maybe not on Saturday. Um, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. And then with the the kings of the court. So when you're not in a live period, and maybe you don't know, I might be putting you a little bit too much on the spot with this. But so when you're part of these circuits, there's a certain amount of events in which that you got to participate in, and then you participate in them, score well. You know, you have opportunity to to uh, move up or whatever it might be. And so I would assume that most of the live periods, obviously, you're playing on circuit. 
but there is an opportunity like in the that event here in Des Moines where you can there's some crossover where some teams is it technically considered an open opportunity to go and play is that correct yep yeah so we'll have teams from from all different circuits playing in that tournament um and just for those unfamiliar what a live period actually is live period is when division one coaches are allowed to go out and watch um AAU teams play at any any weekend um, of the AAU season, Division Two JUCO, Division Three NAIA coaches are allowed to be out. But during those six designated live periods during the summer, um, that's the only opportunity they, that Division One coaches have to to go out and watch kids play. So just if people were curious, what we mean by live period? That uh, no, that was good. That was good explanation. Because yeah, it and uh, again to your point too is it's it's important to get out there and, and, and have an opportunity, but that's not the end all be all too. And I, th I think that's the other thing too, that I kind of talk about or stress, even with some of the players is it, it isn't just as one tournament. It isn't one opportunity that you have. I mean, yes, you want to seize it, but if you don't play your best, like you can't just hang your head and, and, and try to mail it in. Like there's plenty of opportunities to be able to continue to play and, and showcase your ability and continue to get better as, as the goal too. And so, well, good, Tony. Um, we appreciate you taking some time. We're excited to hear about the rest of the journey and how things kind of come together. We talked about the Winterstead uh, team camp down there. That'd be a lot of fun. Adam and I know are, are planning on trying to uh, figure out a, a way to get down there and, and take that in. A lot of really good basketball to keep your eye on. A lot of awesome players uh, to continue to get better. It continues to, the, the floor continues to rise in Iowa as far as basketball. Um, there's some some unbelievable kids all the way from all four classes. And so keep your eye on that this coming week or this week as this is coming out. The 2005 list will be updated. And so check that out at Prep Hoops. Um, give Tony some love. If you like what you see or if you don't. Right, Tony, you take any comments at this at this juncture. So. Tony, we appreciate you coming on. Adam, it looks like the Suns got the win. Is that right? Seven, seven point win for the Suns over there. Yep, Suns got it two two. Uh, back to Denver should be a a good series. The Suns are playing well now, so hopefully, uh, it, not hopefully, maybe they have a little bit of, of a better shot here. But uh, yeah, thanks, Tony. It was great learning a little bit more about that. And um, you know, I think there's always something to learn about the AAU circuits and the AAU um, just in general. So appreciate the info.